to the Lovish Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. Each week, I'm going to help you to develop the belief and strategy necessary to make an immediate impact on the world by deep diving into topics like mental wellness, faith, relationships, and you guessed it, love. I should mention before we hop into the show, this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist. You ready? Let's get it. Welcome back for another episode of the Lovish Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sita Hood, vision architect and licensed therapist. It has been a pleasure to do this real love series with you this February. We have had some amazing guests on the show, and I'm not just saying that because they are people that I know and love. I'm saying that because they truly are amazing people. So I thought it would be really fun to do a deep dive with you. You are an important guest on the show as well. After all, your questions inspire this show. You inspire me to continue creating content that answers all of your questions. If you are listening to this episode on your favorite listening platform, you will want to head on over to YouTube to watch this video podcast episode. All right. Get your pen, get your paper, because the deep dive featuring you is, drum roll please, none other than journaling questions. (laughs) Who would I be if I did not encourage you to dive deep? This is where the change happens. We can talk all day about what looks good, and I know that there is a trend on social media that has everybody talking about podcast this and podcast that and what you think about this and what you think about that. But the reality is your relationships are not going to change unless you do the work. So go ahead, pause this episode and go grab your pen and your piece of paper or whatever device you're going to use to take notes because this is where the real work happens. I'll wait for you. In the first episode of this series, we had Lana on the show and we talked about experiencing real love in friendships. And one of the themes that Lana and I talked about was creating capacity for one another. We talked about what it looks like to create capacity in relationships. And Lana and I have very specific expectations for one another and the way that we expect each other to show up in the relationship. And that's not necessarily the case for everybody we understand, but it is important to be very clear on your expectations for creating capacity, creating emotional space, boundaries, and everything in between. Another theme around capacity that came up this week uh, was with my clients that I was talking to. So a lot of them let me know if it sounds like you, right? A lot of them were talking about how, let's just say a married couple can experience something. You can go through something together and you're hurting and you're having your own pain. And also your spouse is hurting and they have their own pain. And I'll talk to one person and they'll say, oh, but I just kind of want to stuff my pain down to meet the needs of this person. But when I do it, we end up getting into an argument or there tends to be some sort of tension or conflict. 
And I'm looking at them and I'm like, how are you going to offer capacity that you don't have? I understand the sentiment behind the idea. You want to be there for your person. You want to provide support. I get that piece, but you can't give capacity you don't have. If you only have a little bit left because you have to go through and process your own feelings because you're struggling yourself because you have to have enough to make it because one person still has to do the hard stuff with the kids or maybe there's a shared responsibility there. How can you offer capacity? You can't. And you're doing the relationship a disservice when you try to push beyond that and then it flops because you never really had the capacity in the first place to offer to a person. So that's a very dangerous spot to be in. And I'll tell you, just like I told my clients, one of the best things that you can do is allow yourself to be in the moment that you're in. Meet your spouse's needs or whoever's needs the best way that you can in that moment, but it's also okay for your emotions and your feelings to exist. If you try to act like they don't exist, they will just come bursting out. And if they burst out without you allowing them to come out, that's probably going to be a lot worse than if you had just kind of sat in it, let things happen, let it be what it is, not not felt stress or pressure to show up in a particular way. Okay, a few journaling questions. You got your device ready or your pen and paper ready? Here we go. What are your expectations around creating capacity for your friends? Do you have an expectation like Lana and I? Or are your expectations somewhat loose? Are you trying to offer capacity that you don't have in any of your relationships? If you are, how can you stay in the moment and be fully present experiencing your feelings? Because again, remember, you're doing the relationship a disservice when you try to go beyond the capacity that you have. Most of the time, you're probably going to have an overwhelming expression of your emotions and the support that you attempted to offer is probably going to hit drastically different than what you intended. Another thing that Lana and I talked about is boundaries in friendships. We talked about the importance of knowing those boundaries because that can make or break the way that your friendship goes if you don't know the boundary or if you don't honor the boundary. So I'm going to give you some journaling questions around boundaries too. Ready? Okay. Come on, don't make that face. Come on, you can do this. These questions aren't even hard. I know they're emotional. They're gonna bring up some emotion in you, but you got this. I'm rooting for you, okay? All right, come on, come on. We gonna do this. We can do this together. Here we go. What boundaries do I need to enforce in my friendships? What boundaries do I need to relax in my friendships? And here's the big one. I'm not even gonna lie to you. This is a big one. What am I disguising as a boundary that's really a barrier to cultivating the type of relationship I want to experience? You still got this. I know that was a big one to explore, but you still got this. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. The second installment of the Real Love series was with my mama. Yes, ma. Shout out to you, girlfriend. (laughs) And we talked about how mothers and daughters can improve their relationship. 
Um, one of the things that we talked about is to figure out the love language. This is so important. We we hear this all the time with couples, but it's so important because kids have love languages too. And for the kids, parents have love languages too. So figuring out your mother or your daughter's love language and meeting her in that and understanding that there are generations in between you. So you're not going to agree on everything. You're not going to see everything eye to eye. But if you understand that both parties are committed to the relationship and understand that your mother or your daughter is invested in your well-being, then you should understand that most things, most things probably come from a place of love. And I say probably because you know, it could be some pettiness in there somewhere. You know, we're not going to lie about that, right? <laughs> but we talked about how conversations are crucial. Conversations are extremely crucial. Just like in any relationship, you have to be open to having a conversation. Now, I want to offer a caveat here because as we'll see a little bit later in this recap or this deep dive, we do know that not every relationship is perfect, right? There are some mothers and daughters that started off with a really toxic beginning of their relationship based on whatever was going on in life or mothers and daughters where it got a little rocky and toxic in the middle. But I am of the belief that your relationships can recover. They can recover if both parties want it to and if both parties are willing to do what is necessary to heal. Okay, here's your journaling questions for mothers and daughters. Ready? All right, here we go. What conversations do I need to have with my mother or my daughter? What needs to happen for me internally before I have this conversation? What is my mother or my daughter's love language? How can I love them in their love language? See, I told you it wasn't that bad. (laughs) You're doing great. It's fine. If you need to pause the episode and refill your coffee mug or your tea or your water, go ahead and do it. I want this to be a safe space. I want want your environment to be set up because I want you to have amazing relationships in 2023. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. We also discussed potential things to consider before kicking a child out of the house. You have to really weigh the pros and cons of keeping the child in the house versus Um, having the child to leave the house. And we understand that for a relationship to have gotten to this point, there's probably some trauma at play here, some conflict, some tension, and a lot of um, individualized circumstances and factors. So for sure, know that you know, that was understood as we are giving this feedback and talking about um, considerations, which is why we titled it considerations, because we're not, we can't just say flat out yes or flat out no, because every situation is different. But there are some things that you should consider in this process, therapy being one of them, you know, and I know some people are like, well, we tried therapy and we're still here. And I'm going to say, sometimes it's not the fact that therapy doesn't work, but it might've just been the therapist that you went to. Okay. And I don't like to throw shade on our profession. So that's not shade. Literally, that's just sometimes, just like in relationships, when you meet somebody, those expectations do not align. So if they don't align, you're not really going to have the best experience. So if you didn't have the best experience once, twice, three times, maybe just try again. I'm just saying. (laughs) 
if you really want things to improve, try again and perhaps consider visiting episode seven, which talks about how to find a therapist and the type of therapist that you want. Because just like in relationships where you're looking for personality type and characteristics and all of that, you do the same thing when you're searching for a therapist. Okay, ready for the journal prompts here? Here we go. Where do I need to offer my mother or my daughter grace? Where do I need to apologize for my actions? What is one thing that I can do to make a positive impact on our relationship? Okay, the final episode to recap is the episode where I had my siblings on. In this episode, we talked about how to define love between siblings, and we define that love as being fully invested in the relationship, even when you're upset, and setting up boundaries that are healthy for both parties or all parties, while also being respectful. And the most important thing that we highlighted was being your sibling's advocate. That's what's most important because we all know that we're not going to agree with everything that our sibling does, right? So when our sibling is doing something that we disagree with or we just like, oh, that's a foolish choice, whatever, I can't get with you on that, then you have to look at the situation and say, how can I still be their advocate? If you have that type of relationship with them. Now, I'm going to get to the second part after this, and I'll go deeper into types of relationships, but let's pause right here, and I'm going to give you some journaling questions. What does it look like for me to be fully invested in my sibling's well-being? So if you have multiple siblings, I would answer this question individually for each sibling because they're all different, and how you invest in them is going to look different. How can I show respect even when I don't agree with their choices? What type of support do I want from my siblings? That's the questions for that particular section. Okay, so the other thing that we discussed is, do siblings always have to enjoy one another? And the answer to that is, no, they don't, right? (laughs) Because we all know that, again, just like that mother-daughter dynamic, there are times where things can get rocky, they're up, they're down, they're everywhere, they're to the side. So, No, things do not always have to be perfect. Siblings don't have to always enjoy one another. But also we highlighted that just like that mother-daughter situation where there was trauma and the considerations for kicking out, we don't know what happened in the relationship prior to this point. So it's hard to say, hey, you know, you should really be be, uh, best buddies with your sibling. We can't say that. So again, of course, we're advocates for therapy to help heal relationships, but every relationship has its individual um, factors that come into play. All right, here's the journaling prompts for that. How do I feel about my siblings? What boundaries do I need to enforce so that I can enjoy this relationship? Again, if you have multiple siblings, you will want to answer that question for each sibling. All right. I hope that this was not too rough on you, but uh, I really enjoyed doing the Real Love series and I really enjoyed having each and every guest on the show. And I am excited that you are here with me for this deep dive. If you are watching this or listening to this and you're enjoying the deep dive and you loved the series too, let me know on social media, hashtag Real Love Series. 
go ahead and do that. I'm going to leave the hashtags and everything below for what you can do for this episode. And you can tag me at Dr. Sita Hood on Instagram, also in the show notes or at the bottom of this video. So I. It's time to talk about what I've been loving product recommendations, shout outs to family and friends, and overall gratitude. Let's get into it. Okay, so I have thoroughly been loving, drumroll please, this walking pad that I got from Amazon. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm definitely going to leave the link below in the show notes or below this video. Um, I know that this is a trend on social media, but I think not everybody knows about this trend. And I do go to the gym, but I like being able to use the walking pad on the days that I don't go to the gym. I still break out a pretty good sweat and I feel really, really good when I am done. So that's what I've been loving this week. If you have a walking pad or you use a walking pad, let me know. If you have a treadmill, are you doing the TikTok trend? Um, I don't have TikTok, but I think what they said is 30 minutes, 12 incline. I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Um, But let me know how you are maintaining your physical wellness these days. I would love to hear from you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, share the love. Share with your mama, share with your auntie, share with your best friend, and then head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Reviews help the podcast to grow. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I'll see you out in these social media streets. Bye.